0: Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Gokey, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 91. So glad uh, to have you here on the Front Porch with me. Uh, it is a beautiful day here in Southern California. You know, the summertime here in Rancho Cucamonga, where I live, uh, gets hot. You know, I used to live in Phoenix. We were in Phoenix for 11 years, In Phoenix, right? Now it's blazing, it's blazing hot. So, if you're listening from Phoenix, you're like, Yep, that's exactly what's going on in Phoenix. Well, here in Ranch Cucamonga, it's not much better. I mean, it's hot. Uh, But it's, it's, I mean, it's not as hot as Phoenix, but it's still really hot. So today is actually like a really kind of mild uh, day here on the road porch. And so I'm not sweating while doing these podcasts. It's actually calm. There's a nice breeze. And so uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful day. Blue skies. I can see the mountains out to my left. So I love that. Trees all around. Hummingbirds zipping around here. So I hope you're able today to go outside Look outside, take a deep breath of fresh air and just go, God, thank you so much. It, it is a great, great way to get your day going, slow down and remember that there's something so much bigger going on all around us and all of creation is worshiping him. All of creation is drawing us in and saying, come on, it's awesome. Join in. I know it's tough sometimes, but come on, seasons come and seasons go. But in the end, he does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so uh, just take that in for a second. Maybe just slow down a little bit today and and rest in that. Um, Wanted to say thank you for all of you who are listening, those of you who have subscribed and are sharing this. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. And for those of you who have donated to our Patreon page, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Front Porch Confessional thank you so much. You are uh, providing uh, the means to be able to continue uh, this podcast. And we have some really exciting things coming up. So really, really excited about that and the things that are coming up. But uh, this passage, as as with uh, a few passages, I've been holding on to a while. I actually was going to to kind of kick off the, the comeback of the podcast uh, a month or so ago with this particular passage, but I felt like I needed to sit on it a little bit longer. Um, I had written it out. I, I was deeply impacted uh, by the passage, um, but I felt like I needed to sit in it a little bit longer. So I've been soaking in this one and trying to wait, waiting for a moment to be able to present it um, because I'm really excited, but it's also very convicting and it's very contextual to what we're going on, to what's going on right now. the passage is this Galatians 3, uh, 28, and it says this, uh, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. I kind of bumbled over that. So let me read it again. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male or, and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. You know, Our daughter, Mika, I think maybe I've told you, um, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, uh, you may know that uh, we adopted Mika from Phoenix. Um, um, But the other thing is Mika is um, American Indian, Native American, and uh, she is also black. And so um, this is something that we think she has one of two of the most persecuted people groups in her bloodline. And so, um, as a family, we've learned about her culture. Actually, her her name Mika means it's it's an Indian name that literally means crafty raccoon. So we love that, and we thought that was really really important to to keep that as a part of. Um, her heritage. Uh, she has a tribe um, in in Arizona that she is affiliated with, and so that's a part of who she is. And she's also black. She has her. She also has this identity there. And so we're very open and talking about it. But as a family, we've been growing and we've been learning about this diversity that lives in our home. And then with our connection uh, with India, India has so impacted our family. It feels like. Uh, we have a whole India family. In fact, we have a, a daughter that we take care of in in India. Her name is Wasuntha. And so God has allowed us to have this multi-ethnic family. It's created immense amount of diversity and conversation and perspective for our family. And we're really, really grateful for it. And so we're having this conversation with Mika about the fact that she's Native American and she's black and, and, uh, and you know, she, she stopped us for a sec. She goes, hey, I think I'm the most American in this family. And we're like, what do you mean? She goes, well, I'm a, I'm American Indian and I'm African American. I think I'm doubly American. And we were like, you nailed it. That's so awesome. Yeah, you're right. You win. You're the most American. And as she was talking about that, I thought I was looking at this sweet little girl and I was going, This is such a beautiful thing, but this must be really interesting for you too. You've been, you're being raised uh, by a white family in a predominantly white neighborhood and you have these two uh, people groups as a part of your bloodline. And yet we say, you're a goki. You're through and through, you're a goki. This was something that God did. He brought you into our family and he predestined this moment to happen where We would be together as a family and we, you are daughter. She is my daughter. She's my sweet girl that God brought to me. And so this passage for me, isn't just some theoretical passage. It's very practical and it's very personal. And if I'm honest, if I'm really, really honest, I'm broken right now. And I've been broken For a while. I'm broken because the injustice in the states and around the world as it relates to different people group. I'm broken for my brothers and sisters in India who are being persecuted. And I'm broken for the persecution that's happening here. The confusion, the hurt, the pain, the racism. It's breaking me down. I in no way apologize for the fact that I was born to a Caucasian family here in America. I I consider it a great honor and a privilege, but I'm broken. I'm broken for the pain and the hurt and the division that's going on, not just here in the States, but all around the world as it relates to this passage. And as I reflect on this passage, I think about I can't help but think about the the love and the sacrifice it took for these words to be penned by Pastor Paul. They are penned by him. He was a man who murdered people as a result of a different mindset. Paul murdered Christians As a result of a different mindset, he segregated out what he believed was these people were in and these people are out to the point of persecution. And he was a chief persecutor. He was a zealot, passionate about his beliefs, passionate about his divisions, and actually feeling like God himself had called him to do this, to persecute to kill, to murder. So what changed in Paul, who we now know as Pastor Paul, who writes this letter, what changed repentance? He saw Jesus, the risen Jesus, the risen Jesus met him, met him on the road. And he went through a blinding, but then God provided somebody to guide him and to lead him. Paul saw his sin. His name was Saul. Now, Paul, as a result of this beautiful encounter from the risen Messiah, and he saw his sin. And as a result of seeing his sin, he changed Direction. That's literally what repentance means. It means to change directions. And what felt like defined lines and barriers of race and religion and political alignment all fall down. They all fall down in light of, of Jesus' sacrificial love. This is what Paul has come to understand. And this is what he's trying to help other churches to understand. He's writing this letter to a church and he's trying to help them understand what he himself has learned, what Jesus has done. And the power of the cross, the power of love and sacrifice is what allows Paul to write these words, there is neither Jew nor Greek there's neither slave nor free there's neither male and female for you all are one one people in Jesus Christ what a powerful declaration of what Jesus's sacrificial love had done on the cross and what we need to come and wrestle with as believers in Jesus Christ is this, there is equality at the cross. There is equality at the cross. According to what Paul is saying, we are all one as a result of what Jesus has done. All throughout Jesus' ministries for three and a half years, he's trying to live this out. His ministry to the sinners and the saints, his ministry to the outcasts, his ministry, his ministry to those who were different, to the point at which he's known as a glutton and a drunk one that associates himself with sinners. He's not afraid to go into different people groups and to love them. He meets the Samaritan woman at the well. He meets the demoniac out in the graveyard. He's not afraid. And it's what he did on the cross that redefines the way we see love, that redefines the way we see family. And so he's saying, Paul is saying, there is equality at the cross of Jesus Christ. And so we naturally have to struggle with this. If that's the case, why do we struggle so deeply with this? Because I really believe this has been true in my own life, and I believe it to be true in so many people's life, is that we don't understand the cost of the cross, Because in the, in, in light of the cross, there is no socioeconomic divides. There is no rich. There is no poor. There is no racial segregation. There is no red or blue party lines. There is no red, white, and blue. There is one creation and one creator. And he is reconciling humanity back to himself for his glory and our redemption. And when we choose to live a counter narrative by causing division, it literally presses in and up and against the sacrifice that Jesus, the love and the sacrifice that Jesus displayed for us on the cross. We are living a counter gospel when we don't love well, when we don't love like Jesus loves. When there's not equality in the way we care and love for one another, which means this, because we are either coming up against the cross and resisting the truth and the love and the sacrifice that was displayed there, or we're leaning into it. This is what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, I am leaning into it because this was and is my story. He's like, as a result of a radical encounter with Jesus Christ, I repented and I changed everything. And what he's saying to this church is this. He's saying this to you and me. We need to do the same thing. We need to do the same thing. Because the cross of Jesus Christ will either cause us to repent and serve selflessly or it will be foolishness in the hands of soft-minded people so the question that i've been working through and wrestling with is this are we living in light of the freedom of the cross or in the bondage of the world forgive us lord we have sinned against your most prized possession, your creation, your humanity, that you knit together in their mother's womb and you breathed life into them. Teach us to love and to sacrifice for others like you did for us. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heart until next time cheers